Hi, this is Kat Corchado with Sisters in Service, and today I am interviewing a female veteran, an entrepreneur, who found her niche and received requests for her product overseas and around the world in a very short amount of time. One more thing, if you like what you hear, would you do me a favor and hit that subscribe button? And even if you're not a veteran, maybe you'll pass it on to someone who you think would benefit from this type of podcast. Okay, on to the interview. Hello and welcome to Sisters in Service. I am your host, Kat Corchado. We are talking to Nika Brown, who is an entrepreneur and female veteran, and she's going to give us a little information about her business and about her in general. So Nika, welcome to Sisters in Service. We're so happy to have you. Hi, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. I was reading about your bio. Actually, I was reading your bio stating that you were in the Army and you were in the Army for nine years as a human resources specialist. And then in the second paragraph, it says you went to the 82nd Airborne Division. So can you take us back to that? How did that happen? Yeah, actually, I can. So I was in 42 Alpha School um, what we call our warrior leaders course, which you're supposed to take before you can get your E5. Um, and I was a specialist. And what ended up happening was a female in the course with me got commandant's list and I wanted to outbeat her. So I decided to go to airborne. <laughs> <laughs> and that so ended up sending me to the 82nd airborne division. Okay. So was it, something you just volunteered to do, you wanted to do it, or were you voluntold to do it? And was it for to make rank? Yeah, it was to make rank. I was not voluntold. Like I said, I wanted to one-up that female (laughs) that got confidants list in my class um, because that was a top ranking once you graduate that class. And I really wanted to just find something I could do to outbeat her. Uh, My first introduction to competition, actually, was in that moment. And so I went to airborne school, one up to her, and then my branch manager found out that I attended that school and then reassigned me to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I was actually on assignment to go to Korea. So I'm hoping that you'll tell our audience that you made E5. Yes, I did make E5. Um, After completing that course, uh, I got the rank that I was determined to get from completing that course. So one question I always like to ask is, what was your favorite assignment and which assignment did you like not so much? Yeah, so my favorite assignment was actually in the 82nd Airborne Division, again, when I was jumping out of airplanes. Um, And then my least favorite assignment was when I was actually at Fort Benning, Georgia. um, And I was with the students that were learning to be infantry at the time. Um, And so I didn't really like that assignment because I didn't feel like my leadership roles were being respected um, and I just didn't get to shine as much as I wanted to um, in that position. And so that's why I call it my least favorite assignment. Interesting. Yeah, we all have those. So (laughs) you're into the 82nd Airborne. Tell me about that first jump, that first time you had to jump out of an airplane. So, yeah, the first time I had to jump out of the airplane was actually at Fort Benning, Georgia, when you complete your um, airborne assignment schooling. 
Um, and the instructor there uh, noticed I was pretty frightened in the eyes while we were on the airplane and asked me to stand up and be the number one jumper. Um, so I had to switch places uh, with the first jumper and he moved to my seat. Um, and so the first jump out was interesting. Um, felt <laughs> almost like a roller coaster, but not quite because it's it's just a different experience than the, the wind is sucking you out and you're just in the air. Um, but it was it was a good experience and my parachute opened and and I enjoyed the the ride down so and I was safely landed so <laughs> my hat's off to you I I guess if I had to do it I would I just prefer a roller coaster over jumping out of the airplane just saying so anyone want to do a yeah. roller coaster ride with me. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's amazing. So you were just 4%, you were 4% of the entire army that's female that was at the 82nd Airborne? Yeah, that that hold the Airborne qualification badge. Um, that means mm. they completed the actual five jumps at Fort Benning, Georgia. Um, and so at the time that I pulled those numbers myself, um, there I saw that there was only 4% of women that were qualified with that badge. Wow. So you also did deployments in Afghanistan and Kuwait. Yes. You did seven airborne jump missions and you were also responsible for 20,000 soldiers. Yes. Um, the daily accountability of the, the 82nd Airborne Division, just making sure that everyone showed up to work on time. If they didn't show up to work on time, why not? And what was their excuse for absence? Wow. I bet you were like cracking the whip. You're like, why are you late? <laughs> Pretty much. Hey, that's what HR does. Why are you late? Show me your papers. We got to check this out, make sure this is legit. <laughs> so you're all about details. You know, you like those details. Yes, yes. Wow. So you get out of the military in July of 2016, and then just 43 days after leaving the military, you did what? I started my own stationary company. Um, it was not something I thought would, you know, go to the, the level it did in such short time. Um, I put pictures online of what I thought were some really nice model type notebooks. Um, I took the pictures myself, created the website myself, um, came up with the captions by myself and advertised on a Instagram account that had 9 million followers. And I said, please show this ad for $1,000. And they said, okay, we'll play it at the end of uh, August. I said, no, this is a school supply company. I need you to play it at the beginning of July, maybe the end of July. I'll budge on that. Uh, no, we can't do that. I'll give you the extra 1000 if you do it. Okay, we can do it. So I bet $2,000 on this account that had 9 million or 9 million followers at the time uh, called the shade room. And they played my ad. And from that ad, I sold over 8,000 stationary notebooks in the first 24 hours. And 1200 customers from around the world. Yes. Around the world. We had got international sales from Singapore, UK, South Korea, Canada, 
Um, we went international and we went viral from selling out in those first 24 hours. Okay. That's the way to launch a business right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every entrepreneur wants that 24 hours. You're up and running. You're like successful. Right. That's amazing. Right. Congratulations for that. Thank you. Um, so so your, your company is Innovative Supplies and it's been featured on many digital media platforms like Entrepreneur, Elevator Pitch, Season 3, Episode 7, Essence Magazine, Jet Magazine, The Ricky Smiley Morning Show, The Root and Blavity, and the company is also partnered with A-list celebrity Usher and his nonprofit Usher's New Look. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I was listening to Usher one day um, on a playlist, and I just was saying to myself, I wonder if he partners with kids in any way. And so I looked on his Instagram page and saw that he had a nonprofit called Usher's New Look. And I saw that his nonprofit was helping teenagers. Um, and at the time, my company was employing teenagers um, before COVID had them, you know, have to go inside for a while. Um, but right. so what my company did was reach out to his and said, hey, let's partner and get some of your kids to designing notebooks. And so we got to get some of their kids to design some covers and we've donated proceeds back to their nonprofit in recognition of allowing that partnership to happen. That's amazing. Congratulations on that too. Thank you wow. so much. Uh, I feel like I'm speaking to a celebrity here. <laughs> <laughs> That's really amazing. So are you, is your business online? Is it brick and mortar? Um, how do yeah. people find you? So our online platform is www.innovativesupplies.net. And I'm going to be closing on a property in 2021. Um, hopefully that's going to allow us to have a showroom floor um, that we'll consider the brick and mortar, but also be our manufacturing and distribution center. So in today's society, as in right now, um, COVID is impacting a lot of businesses. Has COVID impacted your business? Yes, it definitely has. Um, so I was mentioning earlier um, with some a fellow group of people that the um, paper industry has gone down 33% because of COVID. A lot of companies are not printing as much. A lot of uh, team members are working remotely. So they're having to um, not print again as much. They're having to do everything digitally. And so that's caused paper sales to drop. And also children are working remotely. So their parents are not buying as many school supplies. So that's causing our sales to go down as well, um, which has also mm -hmm. had me thinking of ideas and ways to pivot the business model. Right. I was watching the news and they had some st statistics about the children that are learning from school or learning at home because they can't go to school and how their grades have plummeted. And I found that when I write stuff down, I tend to remember it better. And so, you know, even if I read a book, you know, on my iPad or, you know, anything like that, sometimes I read it and then I, I have to go back and read it again. And I just find that writing stuff down tends to make help me remember, you know, now I'm, I'm a little older than school age, just saying, but it, you know, I think that, you know, if kids could write notes as they're looking at 
their computer screen or their iPad screen, that it, it might help out a little bit, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So let me ask you this question. Did your veteran status help you in becoming a business owner? And if so, how? I feel like it absolutely helped me. I was able to um, access avenues that were set up for me because I'm a veteran, um, such as going to the Veterans Business Outreach Center and reaching out to their um, platforms for resources. Um, And I also feel like it allowed me to engage in my community um, and speak to fellow uh, citizens in a leadership authority uh, role and not feeling... um, embarrassed about it or shy about it, just feeling like it's okay to be in this position and and speak like this because I'm doing it for a business component and to help the community. Right. And I also think too, that when you are starting in business, that you you have to have a goal and you have to stay laser focused. You know, you're going to fall down a lot but you have to just keep getting up and keep moving forward, even if it's a baby step, you know, towards your um, what you're doing in your business. So what advice would you give other women veterans who want to start their own business? So advice that I would give other women veterans that want to start their business is to, you know, look for others that are currently in that business sector that you might be interested in. Or if you don't even know what sector you might want to be interested in, um, talk to some marketing specialists or study trends so that you can maybe get a focus on um, what's to come that maybe could be something that you want to potentially open a business in if you're looking for ideas. Um, But just know that um, getting into business is something that is going to be a journey. And you're going to want to have someone to talk to. So just reach out with any questions um, and then look for those resources as they relate specifically to veterans wanting to be in business. And I think you'll have a good start. Right. I think, too, that sometimes, you know, we're afraid to make mistakes and there aren't any perfect businesses out there. You're you know, you're going to make mistakes, but hopefully you learn from them and say, okay, next time I'm going to do this, you know, and. That's how I think business owners become business owners is because they had to fall down a few times and then they got back up and they learned, you know, from, from their mistakes and they kept moving forward. Absolutely. Our first 24 hours into our business model was a mistake. Um, I said that we sold 8,000, but we didn't have 8,000 on hand. Um, That was really (laughs) a pre-order model. If you, if you want to be exact about it, but I didn't have right. that written on my website. So that was my very first mistake in my very first 24 hours of being a business owner because customers thought I could pull those 8,000 off of a shelf and send them out the door. But that was not the case. I had to figure out my office space. I had to then find employees. I then had to find my paper, my spirals, my commercial printer. And I had to do that within a matter of 14 days before customers got their order. And that was a pain point for a lot of customers that didn't return the following year. And that was my mistake that I had to learn. Well, I think you're kind of like a unicorn because no one, you know, starts a business and in 24 hours, they're like successful. 
you know, or right. like, that that's actually a good problem to have. Just saying. Yeah, but the customers <laughs> still feel otherwise. So I'll yeah. just say yeah. that it's a good problem. Yeah, it's a good problem to have, but not sustainable long term if, if you can't show up with what they, with what they expect. If, if you're sloppy and taking a long time and, and you don't look like Amazon, they start to get really weary and well, I'm just going to not shop with you. So it takes a while to get the customer to trust you. Oh, it does. It absolutely does. And that's with anything too. You know, exactly. once they trust you, you're like, okay, we're good. Right, right. So former Georgia Governor Nathan Deal awarded her company with the 2017 Globe Award for exporting its products outside the United States. Can you give us a little information about that? Yeah, so um, those original 8,000 notebooks that got sold in 24 hours, I actually had some international orders come in from that. Uh, We had orders go to Singapore, to UK, to South Korea, um, and even to Canada. And so when the um, Georgia Department of Economic Development put out an all call for anybody who had sold any of their products overseas um, to submit their name for recognition, I went ahead and filled that form out, submitted my name for recognition, and was accepted for nomination for the award. Wow. And on top of that, you received the Gift and Home Trade Association with the class of 2018 40 under 40 in the gifts plus stationary industry. I didn't even know there was such a thing. I didn't know that either um, until I, again, was following trends um, in my industry. And happened to find this company. um, And I was like, wow, they have a a company dedicated, an industry dedicated to recognizing stationery. That's amazing. Um, So just even two years into my business, then I found out about this. And so sometimes when you start a business, you don't know what's out there um, until, you know, further down the line from what you do. Wow. So as entrepreneurs, we always have to keep learning and, and learning because you can't just stay stagnant because then right. you'll become stagnant. And no one will want your stuff because things are changing all the time. So Nika was accepted into and completed the class of 2018 Women Business Enterprise National Council Student Entrepreneur Program. Whoa, that's a lot. And the National Minority Supplier Development Council Emerging Young Entrepreneur Program. Now, were you, did they recognize you for that and ask you to enroll or did you say, yeah, I'm going to do this? Again, that was another opportunity um, that kind of flowed to me through my emails. I'm always constantly checking um, for different opportunities for veteran entrepreneurs, for student entrepreneurs. Um, for women entrepreneurs. And one day just checked my email and saw something about WeBank doing something for student entrepreneurs. And at the time I was a student, so I applied for that opportunity. Um, and they liked my application amongst the hundreds that they got where I was accepted. Um, and my corporate sponsor for that event was actually Office Depot. And because of that connection and that sponsorship from um, WeBank, I was then able to go to the MNSDC um, Emerging Young Entrepreneur Program the following um, fall and do that program uh, with them because of that first introduction with eBank. So it's amazing when 
you stick into these networks of people and organizations that really want to see you thrive and support you. So how did you find these programs? Did you Google it and just say, oh, that looks interesting. Let me try this. You know, because we don't know what's out there. You know, Google knows everything. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah, and they also have another platform called Hello Alice, um, Mm -hmm. and they feature like a lot of resources for women business owners as well. And they're always um, filtering in um, different platforms for others to apply onto um, as it relates to their efforts in the women's and entrepreneurship platform. Yeah, there are a lot of programs for women entrepreneurs and especially women veteran entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And you know, so we, you know, you have to exhaust every avenue, especially if it's A, free or B, they're willing to give you something to, to be into the program. It can't hurt you. It can, it always helps with your business because you never know when you're going to need that information. So in the fall of 2019, you applied for the Tulsa Remote and was accepted into the program that pays remote workers $10,000 to move to Tulsa, Oklahoma for a year. So let me ask this question. Where were you living before you went into this program? I was living in Columbus, Georgia, um, which is not far from Fort Benning, Georgia. Um, That's where I decided to um, leave the military and and move back to Mm -hmm. from Fort Bragg. I went to Columbus, Georgia. So how is Tulsa? Were you shocked? Was it culture shock or were you just, you're like, look, I'm going to do this for a year and deal with it. Uh, It's a little of both at this point. Um, (laughs) I love Tulsa. I love the potential of Tulsa. Um, But I'm also seeing some stagnant things in Tulsa that, that need to change. Um, And I'm just not seeing it happen to the speed that I I think it should. And I don't know if it's because of COVID, but I feel like the leadership um, needs to to step up because of COVID and allow certain things to come into play. Um, and so that, that's why I say, oh, it could be a little bit of both. So on top of everything else, you actually got your esthetician license, too? I'm applying to complete school to, to finish my esthetician license. Yes. Um, I'm actually uh, currently in the stages of taking a a pause break on it. I don't want to overwork myself, overload myself. And so I'm working with the instructors to let them know about my uh, multiple traumatic brain injuries and how that can have mental fatigue on me daily and how my course uh, curriculum is probably going to have to look different than most students. Right. right, And it's important. It's important to know, you know, when too much is too much, you know, a right. lot of people just say, I'll just power through it. You know, um, I, I always tell people that I, I've been in the in this fitness industry for about 30 something years. And if I 
hadn't been in the fitness industry, I probably would have been esthetician because I love all those lotions and creams and uh, all of that stuff. (laughs) I'm learning so much. I'm learning so much. I love it. It's very hands-on and it gives me a new hobby to have to add to my tool belt when it comes to finding creative ways to self-fund my company while I wait for investors. Well, can you give us one more time um, the name of your company, where you can be found, where your products can be found so that people can Google you and find out what you've got to offer online? Definitely. So the website is www.innovativesupplies.net and we can be found on Instagram at Innovative Supplies. Um, And we look forward to giving you guys more um, as we approach the 2021 season um, and have a new collection release. Yeah, let's hope that 2021, the kids can go back to school and things can go back to normal, which I'm not sure what that is now, because normal means wearing a mask. (laughs) Normal before COVID. Yeah, it also means we're going to have to look at how how school looks now, and that's not going to look normal, like you said. And we're going to have to listen to members in our community as it relates to how can we have a more normal education that's COVID-friendly, and, and people are going to have to start stepping up to that plate so that students can, again, not have those bad grades that you mentioned earlier. Right. Well, Nika, thank you so much for your time and insight into your business and your life as a woman veteran entrepreneur. So for everyone who's listening, I hope you'll tune in for episode seven, where I will feature a woman veteran who uses her sense of humor to get her message across to others. In the meantime, please stay safe and take care of each other. Until next time.